Howdy, howdy. Why, hello there, Probers. Hello, and welcome to But It Was Aliens. The extraterrestrial comedy podcast where we probe real-life alien shenanigans to prove to humanity that aliens exist. Although we usually end up proving that those shenanigans weren't real life. Usually. I'm your host this week, Greybeard. Alongside, B-side, upside, but not inside me, is your honourable and trustworthy co-host, Mr. Granville Moonwalker. Today, we will be travelling back through time to 1976. I don't like the cut of your jib. Excuse me? Why are you calling me honourable and trustworthy? Are you suggesting that you're not? Yes. Hmm. I'm a downright dirty scoundrel. Sounds like something that someone honourable and trustworthy <laughs> would say. Hmm. Hmm. I'm on to you. I'm on to you. My only subscriber. <laughs> 1976. Still free. <laughs> Big songs that year included December 1963, Oh What A Night, Don't Go Breaking My Heart, and Play That Funky Music. White boy! This was the year that the first commercial Concorde flight took to the skies. Meanwhile, Ford took to the streets with their first Fiesta model of car. Beast! Never had a Ford. Shocking. But we aren't talking generics on this show. We always dig straight into the story, and today is no different. Today's not the longest of cases, but we cover the details no matter how big or small. We don't add filler on this show. Oh, just quickly before we move on. What is your opinion on the common semi-aquatic North American beaver? Is that slang for something else? No. Then no, I have no thoughts on it, no opinion. Develop one. Just a, just a beaver. I mean, You're not a fan of beaver? Pretty cool. It's a beaver. Didn't really like beaver. Fan of beaver. Fan of beaver. North American beaver. Good animal, like I say. No filler today. <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing at? You just sighed in disappointment. <laughs> Oh no. So what Greybeard has presented me is a picture of a North American semi-aquatic, semi-aquatic beaver. North American beaver, correct. But its head has been replaced with the head of Justin Bieber. And it is called Justin Bieber. Classic memory there, I think you'll agree. Beaver is the second biggest rodent and the beaver build dams. Is it a rodent? Yeah. I even put it in the research notes. What's... I googled this so shit. what size does it have to be to be a rodent? And it doesn't matter about size. It's about... rodent? Son, don't ask me such bullshit questions. <laughs> that was a legit <laughs> question. I don't see why you don't have it in here. Right. Moving forward on this case with no dilly-dallying. <laughs> it was the early hours... Of September the 19th, 1976. Afternoon Delight was also released in 1976, by the way. What a song. Boo! in flight. In the early, early... Afternoon Delight. Not the afternoon, in the early, early morning sky. Well, 
Some may even call it late night, but regardless, at minimum, four civilians reported to Merabad Airport that something was shining in that late, late night, early, early morning sky. Merabad's radar was under repair at this time, so no reports, so no reports, well there were no reports because no reports could be verified there. It's a bad time for a radar to be down. Yeah, that's when shit is going to strike though if they're watching you. So the radar is down. As such, a General Yusefi telephoned Sharoki Air Force Base at Hamadan. I'm glad this is your proof. <laughs> Yeah, I regret this as soon as this bit started. A few hundred kilometres southwest of Tehran. I I can't remember how to say that now. Oh, God. (laughs) To check their radar, but nothing was showing. Having been provided with these reports, though, the general was curious, and so Yusefi went outside to see for himself. When he did... Yusefi was somewhat surprised because, yes, the general witnessed that something was indeed in the sky. Resultantly, Lieutenant Yadi Naziri was immediately dispatched to investigate the shining object along with a weapons officer. They were scrambled in a McDonnell Douglas F-4 Phantom II aircraft. Now, why would you send a weapons officer unless you knew that it was on just in case it's on that's why you send weapons officer y- yeah you don't do that you don't unless want you want it to be on down. <laughs> interesting take but isn't that going to antagonize um like if you it would only antagonize someone, if hold- they knew that it was a weapons officer no. if you approach someone holding a gun with a gun that's probably going to escalate the situation. When you were single and going out looking for some bootay, <laughs> would you leave protection at home or would you take it with you just in case? Danger's my middle name. <laughs> <laughs> what does it all mean, Basil? Oh no, I've gone cross eyed. Okay, we see how Greybeard's I- rolling. so my partner rarely listens but does occasionally my partner's sister listens more frequently and my own sister listens listens pretty much every week i'm a safe boy so therefore in this situation you would be the arms officer or weapons officer going correct I wouldn't go out looking for that kind of thing because I'm an honourable and safe boy. I like to get to know people. I don't like to escalate situations. Swiftly moving on. (laughs) Hold on, this is my case. (laughs) (laughs) As Nasiri and the weapons operative approached the area of the sighting, something wasn't right. Nasiri realised that he had lost the use of his flight instruments. Naziri was essentially flying blind. (laughs) So were you. As any straight-thinking pilot would do, Naziri called it in. Nothing. Naziri realised that not only were his instruments out, communications were down. You know how this is going to go. 
don't you? Or do you? Because remember, I suggested that Nuziri was a straight-thinking pilot. Straight-thinking. Naziri was not having any of this bollocks and flew their asses back to base. Safe. As Naziri approached the base, his instruments regained functionality. Naziri reported all of this to his senior officers upon their arrival. What do you think Naziri's superiors did when they realised that Naziri legged it? They chucked him in jail. They weren't going to send or they sent him back out, one or the other. They didn't praise him for coming back safe or bringing back anyone else safe. Ah, oh, damn it, you pussy! It was either you're going to get back out there or you're going to jail. You better get out there, boy! But what they're going to do is they're going to slap him in the face with their dicks first. Because that's what happens in the military. <laughs> if, if you don't show bravery, your superiors, regardless of gender, they slap your their dicks I never in your face. Their dicks with a dick. Uh, Give me a slip to cross your face with a frog dick. Doesn't matter who they are. Doesn't matter what they've got. They're slapping you across the face with their dicks. Even if they don't have dicks, they're still doing it. Could be a dildo with a strap on. <laughs> did you want to continue I'm, I'm not filling time I'm just like double checking I mean you, you wanna did he was I along the right tracks was he either sent back out or gone to jail incorrect on both accounts oh, sir was he given a medal for his bravery even bringing back people even further away they kicked him in the Come dick. Come on, this is the military. <laughs> okay. He got court-martialed. Also incorrect. <laughs> Stop guessing. <laughs> Major Paviz Jafari, or Jafar, Jafari. That's going to be your new name when we're out. Possibly Jafar. <laughs> What's your name? Jafafa. <laughs> it's now going to be Jafari. <laughs> yeah. That... That's what I do. <laughs> if you ever see me out and ask me what my name is, chances are I'm going to give you a J name that if it isn't my name. And it's going to be a word that probably isn't a name at all. <laughs> oh, everyone falls for it. Yeah, Sorry. the person the other week believed it. <laughs> yep. Took about 12 seconds to convince them, but... My name is Jafafa! What, why are you laughing? Why do you think that's funny? That's what my parents chose to call me. Oh! Major Paviz Jafari, squadron commander within the Imperial Iranian Air Force, alongside weapons officer Jalal Damirian, were then dispatched in a second F-4 Phantom II. Their mission was simple, intercept the unidentified aerial phenomena. As the squadron, well, the single, isolated, vulnerable aircraft, approached the area of sky in question. BOOM! Major Jafari and his weapons operative achieved radar lock on a bogey. The object, let's call it a UFO now, was 27 nautical miles, also known as 50 kilometers away. Jafari made visual on the bogey and described it as Flashing with intense red, green, orange and blue light so bright that I was not able to see its body. Thank you, Wikipedia. As Jafari approached closer, though, unfortunately, communications went 
down. You got too close. Got too close. <clears throat> Didn't learn from the other one. Nope. Do you reckon it's got like a protective barrier around it? Like a massive force field. You get within a certain distance of it and boom, all electronics go down. Although I suppose not all electronics if they're able to fly. Is it possible? Yes. Do I reckon it? No. Or would it would it just scramble radio waves? Because they're just not That's, able to yeah, communicate. Possible. Everything else is up. Yeah, could be scrambling the ways around them. Might not even be by design. Could just be an effect of it. Mm, if they're using similar frequencies themselves, that could well happen. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I believe, yeah, uh, UHF waves, is it? Mm-hmm. Ultra high frequency electromagnetic which is often what we send TV signals through. If they're sending similar sorts of communications, that could well happen. Yeah, absolutely. Sounding rather um, Star Wars-y. Imperial. F4 Phantom 2s. Ah, uh, see. I was trying to get you... I was trying to get you hooked on Jafari. Push you towards Aladdin. Hasn't worked. No. Damn it. Aladdin in the sky, or in fact, Jafar in the sky with his little scepter, bird on his shoulder. What was that bird called? Jafar's bird. He's going to bug me now. Unlucky. So put yourself in Jafari's shoes. You're approaching a bogey in the sky. Your comms are down. Sorry? So it's not Zazu. So your comms are down. You don't know what this thing is. What are you doing? Wondering what the name of this fucking bird is. (laughs) So, what can you repeat the question? Basically, put yourself in Jafari's shoes. You're approaching the bogey in the sky. Comms are down. You don't know what it is. What's your next action? Bearing in mind, the last person just flew back. I would f- get weapons ready mm-hmm. and fly by it. If you ready your weapons, can other crafts detect that? I believe the answer might be yes there. I think it's only if you lock, do missile lock. But they've already got bogey locked. Was it? Do they have it locked on missile or just within range? So they had radar lock on the bogey. Radar locks, not missile lock. The weapons operative achieved radar lock. That's, that's boom. You can fire. Lock. That's not missile lock. You though. might as well call it missile lock. Yeah, but it's not. <laughs> so um, that means yes, they're... our planes are able to realise that you have missile lock on them. Well, I think that can't they detect radar lock as well? I don't know. Because it's radar. There are waves. I don't know. We're debating something, and probably a good percentage of our listeners who are interested in like aircraft and whatnot are going to be like, you stupid idiots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going off Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> I've not seen it. Oh, loser. Yeah, I'd like to. I just haven't had the time. Either way, I would. Weapons ready. Not lock. Drive by but allow myself time to manoeuvre in case I'm attacked. So you're going in to get a closer look, essentially. Even though your comms are down and you can't get any advice. Yep. All right. Interesting. Because I'm not going back and being held as a little bitch, like the last one. (laughs) See, that's that's where we're different. (laughs) I'm absolutely going back and being held as a little bitch. But I'm the little bitch that lived, son. (laughs) I'm guessing Jafari had nothing to live for. And if I'm in Jafari's shoes, I've got nothing to live for. <laughs> Therefore, I'm going for it. Let me just tell you before we continue that Major Jafari was a no-bullshit pilot with nothing to live for. 
<laughs> I don't know that last bit. With comms down and no guidance other than the specific order to intercept, Jafari knew what he had to do. Jafari was going to pick this bogey. Just as Jafari made the decision to fire though, Jafari was startled by a round object which launched out of the initial primary target. This secondary object went straight towards Jafari's Phantom II at a very high speed, not unlike a missile. Jafari then fired an AIM-9 Sidewinder infrared guided missile. Yup, this pilot fired upon an unidentified flying object. Well, Jafari tried to. As Jafari hit that fire button, the onboard equipment shut down. Jafari was flying without wings, figuratively. <laughs> it appeared that this secondary object had hit his aircraft and shut down the instruments. No weapons, no control, no radio. It was at this point Major Jafari knew that Major Jafari had effed up. He got hit by an EMP. Basically, yeah. yeah. Um, if you remember Too Fast, Too Furious, that's what Brian's Nissan Skyline got hit with, and then he was able to hang himself out of the car and rip it out, and then he got all his like power back and then just drove off. I don't Fucking remember love that. Nissan Skyline. I don't remember that at all. But if you want to talk about Harry <laughs> Potter, then um, I'm game. Yeah, praise Lord Voldemort. Um, no, that pretty much seems like an EMP that he's been hit with. Something similar, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guess this thing was able to tell that he had missile lock. And <laughs> took <evasive> action. <laughs> they could tell he had radar lock. <laughs> Nothing happened when he had radar lock. Only happened when he decided he was going to pick the bogey. Therefore got missile lock. He had radar lock and hit fire. He had radar lock for a while. And, and then, then he lost decided to hit fire. And then he went in and got missile lock. <laughs> and then they fired the EMP bogey at him. It's like they what flicked the bogey all over again. <laughs> so what do you reckon happens next? Either two things are going to happen. He's mm -hmm. going to go down. But somehow the further he gets away from the craft, things start coming back on. Or Good call. Good call. It's, uh, I would say goodbye, Mr. Jafari. But I wonder if he's still got the ability to eject himself out of the plane. Yeah, that. Uh, to be honest, as soon as I saw that craft from miles away, everything's working fine. Sod turning back, I'm hitting that ejector <laughs> seat. I'm gone. I'll see you later, player. <laughs> Out. Random thought before we move on. Mm -hmm. Do pilots listen to music whilst flying? Or I, would they got a, I would assume not, considering they need to listen to ground control. Yeah, but it's fun, isn't it? I mean, just because you hear Danger Zone. <laughs> I was going to say, what <laughs> song would you listen to? Probably Danger Zone. Most people are going to answer that. 100% I'm listening to Danger Zone. I'd be inclined to go Redbone, come and get your love. I'm bopping away. Happy as I'm firing out of my ejector seat. <laughs> I might have to download the uh, Top Gun soundtrack before I leave here and... Uh, Listen to it on your way not. home. Yep. You're going to get arrested if you do that. Do not do that. <laughs> You'll be going inverted on the way home in your car. <laughs> Steve's revenge. 
I'll open the doors up while I'm driving. I got wings! <laughs> <laughs> My doors are fucking heavy. Those bastards would swing back. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't drive a Transformer, by the way, <laughs> just so you know. Yeah, I do. Right, anyway. <laughs> Jafari's aircraft flew past and away from the object, and as they got further away, the controls came back. Booyah! Comms were back too. Major Jafari immediately reported to Tower Control what was happening. Control told Jafari to get back. As in, Frickin' leg it, son! That shit ain't us! Run! Jafari was advised to land at Meribad rather than return to Shakroki Airbase, where he had launched from. Major Jafari followed command, but as he did, he looked to his left side and Jafari saw that primary object. Jafari could make it out past the funky lights. Jafari could now make out that it was diamond shaped. As Jafari was looking, another bright object came out of the diamond and hurtled towards the ground. Jafari braced for an explosion as he zoomed away, but the object slowed down as it neared the surface and landed gently, emitting a bright light as it did. Jafari did as instructed flying away and as he neared his own landing the phantom 2 experienced high levels of uhf interference major jafari was able to land in the end though they made it back to base meanwhile control advised that there were no other craft in the sky but when told exactly where to look control 2 could see this unusual object in the sky Ooh. Yeah, it got interesting there, didn't it? I suppose all the multicoloured lights that they're seeing, if that is a, I want to say, not necessarily glass, but a, if a diamond was in the sky and it was spinning, you're going to see all different types of colours as it turns. You are. I don't actually know if it was spinning or not. That's a good so, question. If this was a diamond-shaped craft and it wasn't just kind of like your standard... Mm-hmm sheet grey metal yep but could it just be the light going through it like a prism that we're seeing it could potentially be a way to reflect light so we don't actually see the object from the ground further distances yeah. away yeah potentially this has just made me think are you familiar with uh, i think it's called the calvine photo the most famous photo in UFO, UFO history. It's been classified for another like 25 or 50 years quite recently. No. It was due to come out. I forget when it was taken. I was debating trying to do a whole episode on it because um, this photo isn't public, but there are uh, like drawings and remakings of the photo. And it's supposed to be like the most legit photo of a UFO ever Damn. in Britain. And it's of a diamond craft with um, a jet going to intercept it apparently taken by a civilian walk and blow it i'm destroying what is a potential episode one day but i'll send you it later on today cool but yeah this reminds me of that hearing all this you'd expect the air force to investigate wouldn't you sure enough the next day major jafari and his backseat officer arrived at the site of the incident in a helicopter to examine where the light hit the ground just to be clear they were taken in the chopper. They didn't go rogue by themselves. They investigated and nothing could be found at the allegedly truthful site of the impact. 
Something was detected in scans, though, and so occupants of nearby houses were questioned. Knock, knock, knock on the doors, yo! (laughs) Occupants reported hearing a loud noise and seeing a bright flash of light during the night, but there wasn't anything more specific than that. A lieutenant... Colonel Colonel Moy, meanwhile, states that the thing that was detected in scans was a beeping transponder from a C-141 aircraft which was found in the garden of one of those nearby houses. Examining the event further, a nearby jet airliner was also reported to experience radio failure at the time of the incident. Radiation tests were reportedly completed at the impact site but these results have not been made public. Suspicious bastards. Can you remember, I think it was one of our very early episodes, where we investigated a potential kaiju, the Butterfree. Yes, yes. Do you reckon that diamond dropped something and it burrowed itself into the ground, gestating, waiting for its time to rise? In Iran. Like a sandworm. A tremor. Is it possible? Yes. Do I believe it? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's conclude. <laughs> this is Dune. Wherever those wor- worms were in Dune. Ah, uh, this is Beetlejuice, the sandworms. And Dune. <laughs> Beetlejuice. I better not say it again. Shit gets real if you say it the third time. <laughs> it's showtime. And tremors. And beetle guys. Uh, uh, uh. And the freshers from uh, Borderlands. Philip J. Class. Beetle just, beetle just, beetle just. Oh, you didn't do that. Oh, no. Beetle just, just pops up behind you and slaps his dick in your face. Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> stripey. <laughs> you know, um, when he does the showtime and his arms roll out long. Mmm. He does that with his package. So it just keeps on slapping you in the face as it's rolling out and rolling out and rolling out. (laughs) He's just getting knocked back. Regret saying those words, yo. So, as I was saying, Philip J. Class, of course, investigated this one. It was the view of class that, initially, the pilots had seen an astronomical body, most likely Jupiter, for a change. Space researcher James Oberg would also reach the same conclusion. Class would further state that only the second craft definitely experienced electronic failure and went in for repair. They could find no record of repair on the first craft, which you'd expect if comms and instruments went down. The specific F-4 Phantom II that was documented to experience difficulty was renowned for troubles, having only been repaired a month before this incident, as class discovered in 1978. Good probing, class. The Phantom II's radar also could have been struck, stuck in manual track mode, but I ask you this... Would experienced Air Force pilots really make such rookie errors? These weren't noobs. We're talking a major, damn it. I mean, would you send would you send the plane in for repair if everything came back on the further you got away from that object? Yeah, protocol. Absolutely you would. Oh, okay. They've got to check that there isn't an error and it's not going to happen again. Apart from Jafari 
seeing the diamond-shaped object in the sky. Mm-hmm. Did the other pilot see the object, or did he just see the dot on radar? Because we only have Jafari's um, visuals right now, don't we? The rest of all radar. Yeah, I'm going to get on to that in a little bit. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Okay. But at this point, I guess you could look at it that way, because... Obviously, to report this account, Jafari or his co-pilot must have given the account. Mm-hmm. According to researcher and sceptic author Brian Dunning, who I believe runs or at least hosts Skeptoid, the 19th of September coincided with meteor showers known as the Gamma Pisids. <coughs> I've definitely pronounced that wrong, but I'm sticking with it. The Southern Pisids and the Eta draconids shower mm-hmm. could Dodgy this name. explain it is yeah eta of the draconoids <laughs> <laughs> could this explain the falling lights on this skeptical note is it really that unusual that an aircraft experienced electronic or equipment failure craft were known to experience turbulence when passing nearby mountains and their transponders would often accidentally release as programming suggested they were in a crash meanwhile this was 1976 iran the work completed on craft may not have been up to the standard of today and parts may have been imported from anywhere available i'm not saying that to criticize just to highlight the times when this all occurred It's not an area of expertise for me. I googled the military and political circumstances of the time and I saw a few articles suggesting, for example, that there was a reduction in international security assistance to Iran around this time and a revolution took place two years later. Meanwhile, as a civilization, we've advanced a lot over the past four decades. Are malfunctioning craft really that unexplainable? This isn't the first time that Meteor showers have been accused. Yeah, we've heard that three or four times. UFOs. But it's not as if it was multiple. It was one. Yeah, one and craft and one light coming from it. Exactly. Unless a big meteor split up into a littler one, I guess, just playing devil's advocate. But even then, it's pretty unusual, isn't it? And did the the object went straight down, didn't it? From the craft, it didn't. Went straight down, then slowed. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm less likely to believe that that's meteors at that point. I think they tried to say the same thing about Kelly Hopkinsville, didn't they? Mm -hmm. With the little Pokemon goblin owls. Or maybe um, this UFO knew that the meteor shower was going to happen and decided to disguise itself in amongst them. Also a very clever idea if aliens are visiting us using circumstances as cover Mm -hmm. absolutely i just love the thought of this bloke walking into a pub like a week later last week i fired a ufo (laughs) sat smashed in the corner no one's believing him so ah freaking hit that thing god damn it he's that guy that's just sitting there doesn't say anything and then people come in and go i'm looking for such and such (laughs) they're like are you the guy that found the ufo yeah what of it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> they're like did it hit where well, it actually didn't fire I just hit the fire button but yeah. like, all this time you thought you were going crazy no one believed you we've got proof it's like the old right the old dude from Independence Day yep I'm back boys 
1976, Iran was a pretty open place. What's interesting with this one is that Iran announced it publicly and sought input from the United States Air Force. Hmm. That Lieutenant Colonel Colonel Moy from three sections ago who reported on transponder and the public aircraft experiencing radio failure was invited by Iran to a debriefing and it is Lieutenant Colonel Colonel Moy's report we have pretty much covered today. This is mostly Moy's official outline of events. This one was never even classified. It was just out there. Though a US Air Force article about this event was classified due to this article appearing in a newsletter for a classified security service, (laughs) meaning that everything in the newsletter was, by default, classified. Some hardcore ufologists may use the claim that articles about this one were classified to lend credibility to this story, but unfortunately, that's not the full story. So this is just his report. Moy's report, and it's classified in some areas by default because it appeared in a, a newsletter for classified sections, basically. But the so general information was public. We don't actually have Jafari's report. We just have Jabari's report through the words of Moy. Basically, yes. We have Moy's report. Moy was called in, wrote a report. That's what we got. What's Moy's character like? Well, he's a colonel colonel. Yeah, but is he honourable and trustworthy? He's worked his way up to be a colonel colonel. What were relationships like between Iran and USA at this time? Because I find it... Partially okay, I think, because there was a revolution two years later. It's the fact that they've called them in for assistance. Exactly. That's what's... So, probably one side of the country, not literally, but... No, I mean, it's very unlike a country to call in another country for assistance on... Not if you're, and I mean this with absolute respect, less developed. So, I don't know for a fact, and I should be careful what I say here, but in 1976... Iran may not have been as developed as what America was during True. that time. Probably thought we're going to need some and help. If... It's possible that there was an, a section of Iran that was politically allied to America and another section that was not. And that's what, well, not only, but there would be different ideologies leading to civil wars and whatnot and revolts. I mean, if anything, this is Revolution. Just reinforcing my stance. Your stance? Yes. What's your stance? <laughs> you don't just pose. It's my stance. All right, on that note, that's our main story today. But out of curiosity, I thought I'd have a quick probe and see if there have been any similar events in the area. In October 2013, an article appeared in Combat Aircraft Monthly, the world-renowned military aviation magazine, whereby Babak (laughs) Taghavai... That's T-A-G-H-V-A-E-E... So Babak reported that an Iranian aircraft attempted to intercept United States spy drones. Within this report, Iran refers to the supposed drones as luminous objects, theorising that the objects were using light to assist with nighttime photography. Apparently, these alleged drones could hit Mach 10, that's 10 times the speed of sound, and could fly outside of our atmosphere. 
They could also hover at zero and jam radar and navigation systems using strong magnetic energy. One encounter detailed during November 2004 above the Iraq nuclear facility outlined how an Iranian F-14 Tomcat locked onto a luminous spherical object only to have its radar jammed. Meanwhile, this gets a bit sad. During January 2012, an object was detected crossing over the Bushehr nuclear station. An F-14 was scrambled to intercept. Literally seconds later, the F-14 exploded, taking the lives of both the crew. We've heard about UAPs always being sighted over military or nuclear facilities. Luminous objects. What if this wasn't meteors and Jupiter? What if this was a military force experimenting with advanced drone technology? We have had probes with... uh drones mm-hmm. being pretty quick rapid being mistaken for UFOs uh, I was ready I was ready to say this was a UFO and now you've put you've sprinkled a little bit of conspiracy theory on there which is your favourite sprinkling <laughs> to be fair I've got to give you all the evidence you so have. I'm not just going to lie to you and we know that some of the technology that we're seeing now that's quite normal to us, essentially, mm-hmm. has been around for decades. Yep. And it's just been kind of worked on and perfected and improved uh, upon. We've got no idea what sort of technology is available that we don't know about. Exactly. So, ah, oh, you conspiracy theory sprinkling dick. <laughs> Um, yeah. That's, Is that it? yeah, that's actually all I have today. So summarising, we've had the sighting of a peculiar shining object in the night sky on September the 19th, 1976. In response to the reports, Lieutenant Yadi Naziri and a backseat weapons officer were scrambled in a McDonnell Douglas F4 Phantom II jet to investigate. As the pilot approached, flight instruments and communications went down. Naziri wasn't having that, so flew back to base. As they approached, the instruments and communications returned. Major Pavez Jafari, squadron commander and his weapons officer, Jalal Demirian, within the Imperial Iranian Air Force, were then dispatched in a second F-4 Phantom II to intercept the shiny object. Jafari pinged the object on radar at 27 nautical miles. Major Jafari could see the object, a flashing light of numerous colours the size of a Boeing aerial refuelling craft. Communications went down and Jafari tried to fire an AIM-9 Sidewinder infrared guided missile. However, after a blob of light hit the Phantom 2, the instruments went down and the launch did not complete. Jafari's aircraft moved away from the diamond-shaped primary object and as it did, comms came back and control advised Jafari to leg it. As Jafari obeyed, he saw another light beam hit the floor. The next day, Jafari would investigate the site with Demirian, but could find no concrete proof. Locals reported seeing lights and hearing a boom. A nearby airliner also experienced radio failure. Klaas and others would investigate this one and conclude that it was a sighting of Jupiter. 
because Jupiter is a diamond that fires light at you and knocks out your instruments, obviously. But being truthful, the evidence, not the later reports, the investigation evidence does indicate one craft experiencing failure, not two. And the civilian witnesses did describe the light in the sky as similar to a star but brighter, which is how Jupiter appears. Plus, there are reportedly three meteor showers in the area. But then, as we closed, we briefly mentioned some cases of military spy drones with pretty insane performance. Was this one aliens? Was this one misinterpreted planets and meteors? Or was this one experimental drone tech covered up? Anything you want to touch on before we conclude, Mr. Moonwalker? You know when Jafari saw the object hit the floor? Yeah. Why didn't they scramble a team to go and check there and then rather than waiting till the next morning? That is a superb question and one I have wondered myself. I don't know the answer. But if they were confident it was a UFO, and I don't want to talk you out of conclusion here, surely they'd have gone for it. Mm. But then you could say the same if it was drones. They'd want to get their hands on advanced technology from other nations, potentially, wouldn't they? Whatever it was that dropped. Yeah. But then maybe they did, and just they didn't put that in the official report to make it seem less like they'd have found True. some significance. Might have thought it was a bomb dropping, to be fair. Yeah, or like I say, maybe they did scramble straight away and they didn't contact the neighbours until the next day, but they were on the site investigating right there and then. They just didn't want to give off to other powers that they had got their hands on something. So... I was very, very on board Mm -hmm. with this being a UFO until we got the last piece of evidence about... um, military technology I don't know why it didn't cross my mind considering the amount of times we cover things like this every other episode yeah (laughs) but maybe it's because it's a convincing story I just wanted to be in but who are you what have you done with Moonwalker (laughs) I cannot 100% say that this is aliens therefore I cannot say this is aliens so I think this is more than likely going to be military technology so are you saying that it was aliens i'm saying it was drones (laughs) what about if i ask you again then maybe pineapple drones right well much like yourself i am not saying that this was aliens this one to be honest when i saw the headline man fires at ufo i was so in i was like (laughs) oh yeah I read a few initial accounts and it seemed so legit. But then I came across the class summary and a few other bits mentioned. And the scepticism for this one is far more convincing than in many others we've covered. So as much as this was a great story, just the scepticism was equally great. I think you have to look at the more likely explanations before jumping to the extreme. And in this one, the meat just isn't on the bone. I am now determined to find a case where someone actually does fire on a UFO though and hits it. It's got to be out there. We're a horrid, violent species. There is going to be a case out there. I'm not talking Mars Defence Force style either. I'm talking friendly UFO or alien. And bam! Arsehole human opens fire. Fuck you, E.T. Pow! It's got to have happened, doesn't it? Got to have happened. Somewhere in Texas, probably. <laughs> Sorry to our Texas listeners. Anyhow, that's a wrap. Any final thoughts before we conclude, Mr. Moonwalker? Uh... No. Okay. Uh, That's a wrap for today. (laughs) 
thank you for listening to But It Was Aliens. If you enjoy our unique brand of humour and silliness, you can hear more of what we do over at patreon.com forward slash but it was aliens stick a few pennies in the pro pot and you help us to keep on doing this over on patreon each month we complete a side probe into a more widely paranormal event we're talking telepathic sex mystics demons cryptids ghosts you name it we'll do it literally are you looking like that for just like Rasputin's dick (laughs) if you have any suggestions you can get in touch with us on the twitter at but it was aliens that is the show so until next time does the air force insist on wearing air force ones they should do where do i get navy force ones the truth is up there hash tag fucking major jafari (laughs) i don't know what you're talking about sir There definitely is no image in the research notes of Jafar sticking it to Princess Jasmine. No, of course there's not. With a plunger in her mouth. (laughs)